0: This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W
1: Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. You jumped up and. That's Austin awesome, Nate. Who
0: is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be
1: that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm, I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncourse for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown.
2: That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Thomas Fields on the carry
1: watch up. Justin Fields. Hello!
2: 51 yards. Bruno, are
1: you ready to go
0: head to head with me? I am. Gotta get all my all popcorn, popcorn out, out here. So
2: gotta continue. I got I gotta got, continue. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. I'm... Well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Our apologies
1: for Kirk Street. We ran out of time. We'll get to the soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A's, I'm Felix Clark. <laughs> good, <laughs> good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone with trees. That means it's time for the w debate, brought to you by CampusDecant.com. That's Matt Bruning. That's Austin Nace, back from France. And I'm Felix Sharp. On a vaccinated version of tonight's show, is Ohio State vulnerable? Will Jim Harbaugh be employed in January? And is Rakeem Jared overrated? But we start with reports out of Bengals training camp regarding Jamar Chase The reports are that Chase is struggling with his route running and in uh, creating separation. Austin, should this be cause for concern?
0: I mean, I don't even know why we were drafting Jamar Chase in the first place. I mean, no, it's (laughs) no. There's no concern. There's no concern at all. It's a couple days into camp. They don't need him to be great this year. Like, a that team is going to stink, and b they have Higgins and Boyd there to kind of bring him along slowly. Obviously you don't want to bring your receiver that you took top five overall along slowly, but I I think there were questions. I mean, he hasn't played in a full year. There were some technical things that I think he needed to work on that he could have worked on a little bit that junior year, but, but obviously opted out. Um, So no, I'm not worried about it at all. Um, This is a throwaway year for the Bengals. So whatever happens, happens.
1: Tell me if I'm saying something wrong in that Jamar Chase is not a player who thrives on separation. He thrives on physicality. It's something that we talked about months ago when we were doing our reviews of Jamar Chase. That's just not necessarily his his game per se. Bruning, am I saying something wrong about that analysis of the type of player that Jamar Chase is?
2: No, I just think the year off has kind of disillusioned everybody to what Jamar Chase is and was. You go back and look at the high-flying offense that he was with Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson, Joe Brady there in that national championship year. You know, we've talked a lot about it. One of the, I think arguably, if maybe not even arguably, the best college offense we've ever seen, at least in my lifetime. And we maybe get disillusioned into how good Chase was that year and not really look. A lot of people don't look at what happens at the line of scrimmage, right? You talk about it. There's other people talk about it. Ray go out there and they talk about when he comes off the line that he's like a bully, right? He attacks those cornerbacks, even when he doesn't have to at times. And I think now people are seeing that and hearing about it at Bengals camp and they're starting to freak out and wonder, well, maybe he's not this guy that we all were built to because we didn't see him at all last year. So we all just fall back on what we saw a year happen. That makes sense.
1: I I didn't even have a player comparison for him. I compared him to the Black Panther. He uses contact offensively the same way the Black Panther and fight. His suit would get contact, 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 and he would turn that into a like a power stream and just explode. That's what Jamar Chase is. He uses contact uh, offensively. So I'm actually I'm actually not surprised that um, the reports are that he's not getting separation because that's not really the type of receiver. Uh, that he was so, but w- we'll see. Uh, Jamar Chase is most likely going to be fine.
0: St- Training Stylist- stylistically, he seems like the kind of guy because of that that just doesn't pra- like shine in practice. Like you guys have yeah. both played organized sports at you know d- decent to high levels. There's always like those one or two guys in the team that just for whatever reason like they don't practice that well, and then you put them out on a game field and they're fine. I think Chase just stylistically, that's the kind of guy he's going to be. He's not uh, Mr. Flashy, but he'll go out there and and he'll be fine. We're going to get to the first preseason game and like three plays in, he's going to have like a take a slant to the house or something. And we're going to be like, okay, that was stupid. Why were we worrying?
1: And that's because in practice, nothing is like 100% full go. And for a, a player like Chase, who's going to use physicality and run cornerbacks over his stiff arm and be physical. He, I think that he is going to thrive in games under live conditions. All right. Um, there's there, we, training camps are in full swing, but there's not a lot of news going on. I posted a uh, Twitter poll that was very interesting earlier this week um, regarding who would you rather have. And I'd like to get uh, Bruning you, and Austin your take on this question. We got three highly touted running backs, one who's already in the NFL, and Javante Williams. But who would you rather have? Williams, who's with Denver, Jameer Gibbs with Georgia Tech, or the 2022 either first or second running back in that class, depending on who you ask, Isaiah Spiller. Bruning, who would you rather have?
2: For C2C leagues?
1: He's speechless. leagues? He's
2: speechless. He's well, speechless. I, I, I have either two way different answers. Uh, Debbie. Uh, Debbie. So, Debbie, I am going to go sp- Spiller, because I've, oh, I've I've long said on these shows that I want my RBs into the NFL as soon as possible. Why I do like Javante, obviously I've talked all year about him last year. As Austin loves to throw my face behind the scenes, I comped him to Nick Chubb on a couple of episodes last year. I think Spiller is the better player, though, overall, over Javante. That C2C, I want Gibbs. I think he's going to be the best of the three. But if we're going Debbie, I, I'm, I'm going to take Spiller because I get him next year. Uh, and I think he's going to get high end draft capital. I think he's going to be better in the NFL than what Javante is.
0: Yeah. Um, so we talked, Felix and I, a couple months ago, um, we sat down with uh, Matthew Friedman, who at the time was at the Action Network. Now he's with uh, FTN, I believe um he had just come out with his first set of debbie rankings he had never done debbie before he's never even played it he decided to do a set of debbie rankings and we were kind of talking about about it with him because you know he he's a big gambling guy like we we're talking about you know what's the edge and debbie and we had a long discussion with the edge in debbie is that people are still too scared to take players a couple years out even though they're obviously the better town like they'll take the known even if it's 70 percent of the or or, you know even less than that of the unknown because they feel like that's safer and they feel like the time is here and they get the benefit now. And I think he's right. I think that traditional thought process, and I know we're like we play a lot of C2C. So that you know factors into what goes on in my head as I sit and think about these things. You should you should always take the best player, no matter what. I don't know how anybody could sit down and watch Jameer Gibbs and Javante Williams and just say objectively that Javante Williams is a better player. He's not. I I don't think he's anywhere close. I don't. Gibbs.
1: That's not the question, though. The question is whether or not Gibbs is a better player than Isaiah Spiller. Yes,
0: he is. I agree with you. Gibbs.
2: I agree, too.
0: Gibbs is the safest player, in my opinion. Like, even outside, I think he's even safer than Bijan. Bijan just has, like, a way higher ceiling. I think, at worst, Jameer Gibbs is like Aaron Jones. And it just depends what offense you drop him into. But his ceiling is Alvin Kamara, whatever offense you want to drop him into. Like, I, I just think his his floor, and I know people hate to talk about that, is so high compared to somebody. Like Javante Williams, Javante Williams' floor is he's out the league in three years. Javante Williams' floor is he's Royce Freeman. And I'm not just saying that because they both played for the Broncos. That's just the first name that kind of came to mind. Like I, I don't know. And I would rather have him than Spiller. I just think he's he's got a little bit of a well more well-rounded skill set.
1: Shout out to my co-host uh, on the Dynasty Nerds Film Room, Nick Whalen and Jared Wackley. You should check out that channel on on YouTube. But we did a, an extensive film review on Isaiah Spiller, and I have some concerns after watching him, you know, extensively for um, uh, the better part of two days. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah.
2: You, wait 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 you don't say you don't say after all the crap you guys gave me about having Brees Hall above him and that there is no way no way in the world that Brees Hall can't be better than Isaiah Spiller and that you actually sit down do your homework like somebody else has and all of a sudden he's not as good interesting oh fantastic
1: well, in fairness, I already had uh, Isaiah Spiller ranked b- b- below Jameer Gibbs, but Jameer Gibbs is 200 pounds. Isaiah Spiller is 215, 225 pounds, depending on which year you look at his weight. But you consistently see Jameer Gibbs bouncing off of tacklers, including the second-round draft pick in this year's NFL dra- draft in Jeremiah wusu Koomora. and you do not see that consistently – with Isaiah Spiller. You do not see him breaking tackles at the second level. You often see him go down from uh, with uh, when he gets contact from defensive linemen who are engaged with offensive linemen. They get that one paw around him, and you see Spiller go down just way too often. I don't know that I wouldn't take Javante Williams over Spiller, and so if I had to rank these three, it's Jameer Gibbs clearly number one because of his upside as a pass catcher, but he's an equally, I mean, he he hasn't even uh, uh, scratched the surface as far as his potential as a runner, and he's a very good runner. And I would take Javante Williams just because of his tackle-breaking ability, and Isaiah Spiller would be a distant third for me.
0: And just to toss this out you there, because Moxley a- asked in the chat here, he-, he mockingly said, Aaron Jones, who has two top five finishes, is his floor. And I don't mean as a fantasy player. I just mean like as an NFL player. Like If Aaron Jones was on... I don't know. I'm trying to think of another offense. If he was on Houston, like Aaron Jones would not be Aaron. It would, you know, we wouldn't think of him the same way as a fantasy asset as we think of him. But I think like that's Gibbs's floor. It it would be like Aaron Jones's skill set. You
2: can say it. His floor is Aaron Jones, and his ceiling is better than CMC. There's nothing wrong with that. Just say it, Austin. We we want spicy Austin to come out every once in a while. Just just go with it. It's okay.
0: I don't. I don't think I could say uh, his ceiling is higher than CMC.
2: Oh, it's coming.
0: Just CMC did a lot of return work in college. And I think that's where you really saw CMC. I guess we really, I I don't think Gibbs is quite that dynamic with the ball in his hands. Great player. I mean, great player. well,
1: I mean, I, I don't, we can stick here for a minute because Jameer Gibbs, his first touch was a kick return that he almost took back to the house. He actually had a kick return taken back for a touchdown against Boston college. That was called back. I mean, he's not returning punts, but, He's no slouch in, in, the, in the kick return game, so let's let's give – and he's great in the vertical passing game, as we have talked about extensively on this show, um, and that we will continue to talk about as we continue to cover Jameer Gibbs moving forward. The bulk of today's show, we are covering the Big Ten East. Um, lots of uh, uh, sexy storylines in the Big Ten East. Austin, why don't you start with Maryland and uh, what Mike Loxley, Mike Loxley is doing with the Terrapins
0: this sexy is not the word i would have chosen but thank you felix for uh, for leading in with that um maryland yes so they have they're one of those teams in college this year that has a huge range of outcomes in my opinion they're very much kind of a mystery team to me like we know what the pieces are we're just not sure exactly how well they're all going to play together um cuz they were inconsistent last year Now they bring back their quarterback which is good they bring back uh Talia Tagovailoa to his brother um I feel that's just like his middle name or something like Talia to his brother Tagovailoa that's just what he's going to be known as for forever I feel kind of bad um but he he's a junior there he was their quarterback last year very inconsistent he had two games where he completed 70 plus percent of his passes, three touchdowns, uh, tore Penn state, to shreds, tore Minnesota to shreds. And then he had those, the, he, he bookended that with a game against Northwestern and a game against Indiana where he completed 50% ish of his passes, uh, six interceptions between those two games. He, He needs to be more consistent. That offense can only go as far as he goes. Um, but that's not to say they don't have other weapons. That's just, you know, the nature of college football, uh, Receiver wise, they have probably the second best receiving room in the Big Ten. I feel pretty comfortable saying after Ohio State. Um, you know, they have how many of those
1: guys are NFL guys, Austin?
0: Of I think the all I Maryland think all wide of them. receivers. I think all three. I they have obviously everybody knows Raheem Jarrett, the five star kid that stayed home and spurned LSU on signing day last year. Um, he's going to be in a second year on campus, and he had a you know, he had that big game um last season. Um, against uh, was it was it the Penn State game? I think was his big one where he, it was he the Penn
1: State game where he scored on the same Two play. slants, yeah, two slants basically
0: just, just took him to the house.
1: Well, it was two pick plays where they were working with a combo with the outside receiver, he was playing inside, and they it was not really a pick play, but it was a, a pick play where the cornerback couldn't catch up with Jared.
0: There we go. Okay. Um, so yeah, everybody, I think everybody knows him, but the other two guys, Dante Demas, who's a senior. A bigger guy, 6'3", 217. He's definitely in that bully category. He was their leading receiver last year, uh, 24 for 365 and four. Um, I think he's a day three NFL draft pick. And I think if you're – he's not – in a Debbie league, I wouldn't have him. But in a C2C league, I think he should be on a roster somewhere. Uh, And I feel the same about Deshaun Jones, who's 6'1", 185. He's a, a junior there. And last year, he had 11 for 181 and one. He's had some health issues over the years. But if those three can all stay healthy together this year, I think that that offense will be pretty strong. Um, I don't know who's going to be their running back. It's probably going to be one of Penny Boone. Felix, do you want to say it? Isn't he a
1: Detroit stand up? There you go.
0: Thank you. Um, I I knew I had to talk about Penny Boone. Um, Penny Boone's like 250. (laughs) He's too big. But he, it, it, I, but he's a big guy, and then they also have Isaiah Jacobs, who is Josh Jacobs' brother or cousin, I forget. But but he's related there. That that's going to be the battle for that running back spot. Um, no incoming transfers, no impact freshmen on offense. At least they they had a solid class, but a lot of it's you know linemen and, and linebackers and stuff. Um, so the bottom line, I if you told me they won nine games this year, that wouldn't shock me. If you said Maryland won five games. That wouldn't shock me either. They're building something there. It's just the pieces, I'm not sure how that's all going to come together. So that's all I got to say about Maryland. Not sexy. Oh, yeah. And Marcus Fleming. I guess I, I should probably talk about him as well. Did you not want me to?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Felix want, wants me to get correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. I see what's going
2: on
3: here. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. They have Marcus Fleming, too, who transferred from Nebraska. But hes I don't think he's going to touch a field this year,
1: really, unless someone gets hurt. I'm going to end up just texting Chris uh, the corrections that need to be be made. That takes (laughs) us to Indiana, and uh, one of my favorite teams in the country, really. What Tom Allen is doing at Indiana is really remarkable considering the recruiting classes there. Um, Michael Penix Jr. is one of the best quarterbacks in the country, in my opinion. He's also one of the most inconsistent. I think that he has a first-round ceiling, if he could just uh, become more fundamentally sound with his – base but they also bring back uh, offensive weapons and Peyton shot a very good tight end Ty Freifogel who is a contested catch fifth year wide receiver who averaged 19 yards a catch last year and absolutely torched in Ohio State and when and an and almost a, a comeback win against Ohio State there um but they had a magical season last year starting with the upset win against Penn State that everyone will remember that I called even though they hadn't beaten Penn State since the 90s um incoming transfers they've got three really well two really interesting transfers one in stephen carr of usc uh, who's going to be in the backfield there and then dj matthews figures to uh man the slot position that was vacated by wap failure going to the nfl dj matthews coming in from florida state had 84 receptions in his career there and so um, uh, he should be somewhat of a safety blanket for michael Penix jr the same way failure was Impact freshmen, they've got two um, four-star players coming in. And Donovan McCauley, who, if you're not listening to Colin Decker on the Campus Life podcast, uh, great podcast there. Uh, And and Colin and his um, co-host do an excellent job at at covering players really, really early. And Donovan McCauley has been someone that those guys have been um, touting, He is a Johnny Manziel type improviser in the backfield who the coaches have called special. And he is going to be really fun to watch uh, next season if Michael Pennings Jr. makes the jump. Um, um, just someone that should be rostered in campus to Canton leagues. If he's not, I would get him on watch lists and potentially pick him up during waiver periods, but someone who should absolutely be rostered. And then there's Jacques Smith out of Atlanta, Georgia, another four-star receiver that 24-7 has comped to G. Scott Jr. Now that's a lofty comparison because I think G. Scott Jr. was a very good route runner coming out of uh, high school before he was converted into tight end. I don't know that I see the suddenness in Smith that I saw in G. Scott Jr., but still, I mean, 24-7, they know what they're doing. That's a four-star prospect, and uh, USC isn't getting a whole lot of four-star players at the skill position player, but that's a testament to Tom Allen in the, in the job that they're doing. This is a team that could be a dark ho- horse in the Big Ten. Ohio State is going to be Vulnerable per se because they've got a lot of new starters, a new quarterback. Even though I think Ohio State's defense is going to be very good, but Indiana almost pulled up the pulled off the upset last year, and this year that game is in Bloomington. That game is in Bloom Bloomington. It's going to be rocking, and we could see Indiana pull off my Michael Penix Jr. pull off that upset. I know that I'm pulling for it, but you don't always have fantasy relevant players um playing for the Hoosiers this year you do you got Penix jr you got Hendershot you got Fry Fogle you got to have Donovan McCauley rostered um and Stephen Carr could surprise coming out of USC so that's that is Indiana Matt why don't you take us to Penn State
2: all right so Penn State uh I have them here as the second best team uh, in the east I think last year was uh, obviously a down year for them I think some of that was just COVID and after that uh Horrible loss to Indiana that they should not have lost because Michael Penix did not score. Uh, I think that just kind of deflated their season and everything kind of derailed for them there. Uh, But Penn State has a very interesting schedule this year as well. Opening night against Wisconsin, uh, who has a chance to be the best team in the West. And two weeks later, they get Auburn in what's likely, I think, going to be the wideout game for them this year. So that's going to be a really interesting game very early on in the schedule. Uh, and then it, I broke it down to two weeks, uh tough test against Indiana two weeks later, and then brutal scheduled the last three weeks of the season, Ohio state, Maryland, and Michigan. With all that being said, I expect them to go like 11 and one, 10 and two. So just to, to give you guys an idea of what I think uh, about this team and Colin, I know you'll listen to this Thursday. I'm, I'm happy for you, buddy. that you're, you're I think you are going to have a good team this year. So, Impact returners, you got quarterback Sean Clifford, who's been there for about 15 years. While he's not much to talk about, I think, for the NFL, I do think he can actually produce in Debbie. I think he's going to have above average uh, season, and he's going to be the key to some of these wide receivers having even bigger years. Uh, I, I do think that they both can, but a lot of that is going to rely on Sean Clifford's shoulders, and I do think this offense will be a little bit better. Noah Kane, I think, is going to be the starter. There's a lot of talk about Ke- Kevon Lee taking over. Austin and me talked about that at some point in time earlier this season uh, that we think uh, Kane's going to be the starter. He's back fully healthy as of right now. He got injured in the first game last year, just three carries into his season. Redshirt shirt sophomore has size, power, contact balance. Uh, he's the best back in that room, uh, and I think he's going to get a bulk of the carries. I do think Lee, though, will be a part of the running game. Again, Twitter seems to think he is the guy over Kane. Uh, he's definitely bigger, coming in at six foot two thirty, um, and he's not afraid to lower his shoulder on defenders. But I don't think he's anywhere near has anywhere near like the lateral agility that you know Kane has. Then you got Felix's guy, Jahan Dotson. Uh, he seems to be a guy in the office district. He broke out last year in that great game against the Buckeyes. Everybody uh, remembers him for the push-off catch against Sean Wade, uh, where he caught one-handed after he pushed Sean Wade down. I do believe his upside is limited, though, due to Clifford, but could end up having the best season of his career going over 1,000 yards. He's a senior wide receiver, top making, uh, top play-making ability speed. If he continues to flash a strong hands and highlight catches and produces again this year, I do think he's got a shot to be a third or fourth-round pick. And then Parker Washington, rising star in the making uh, in in this offense, 5'10", 205, broke out last year. He's a sophomore, great route runner, known for his yards after the catch, quick in and out of his routes. I think he'll likely play second fiddle to Dotson this year. The big thing I have with him is, so his ADP right now is 60-20, 60.29, which I think is a little bit high for him, because I do think he produces this year and probably even more so next year. I know Austin's shaking his head. I'm a little worried about his NFL upside. I think he can't be a really good slot wide receiver, but I 60 29. That's that's uh that's steep. That's steep. I'll just put it that way. So that's it, though. I don't. They don't have really any incoming freshmen that I know about that I really, I guess, care about. Uh, nothing. I really saw transfer wise. They had a couple defensive players. Nothing that that's going to matter for us. I mean, Will Will, whatever his name is, transferred to Kentucky. He's going to like light the world on fire, according to Twitter. So, but outside of that, nobody transferring into Penn State.
1: Austin, let's talk about Rutgers uh, as quickly as possible. I was
0: going to say, do we have to? <laughs> do we have to? Can I talk about something else? Parker Washington is not too is his ADP is not too high. And we'll have a sucks. Okay. Rutgers. Um, they have two guys that are like kind of cool, but also not. Um, they have Bo Melton and Isaiah Pacheco, and that's it. And neither of them should be owned in anything but the world's <laughs> deepest Debbie League. Um, I don't even really want Pacheco in a C2C. Like there, I would just rather have upside somewhere else because I I don't think his his like He'll finish as like a low-end RB4 or something this year. That offense just isn't good. Uh, Melton last year averaged like 16 points a game in, in college fantasy. So if you're into those, those types of things, go get him. They're, they're building for the future. You know, they, they brought back um, – oh, what's his name? What's our coach's name?
1: Greg Shiano. Thank Greg
0: you. Shiano, man. Yes. They brought back Shiano. He's building up this program again, like he did uh, a decade or so ago when they had Ray Rice and all, and the McCordys and all those guys there. They have a really nice recruiting class coming in next year. I've already looked at a bunch of those guys, and um, they have the Austin seal of approval. They're just going to be bad this year. I think I see four possible wins on their roster Temple, Syracuse, Delaware, Illinois. Everything else I, I think is a loss. I don't care about him. So uh, Michigan, let's go. Let's talk about it.
1: Austin, just talk briefly about the quarterback that's coming in to Rutgers next year for people who don't know.
0: Yeah, they have um, one of the top dual threat guys in the country coming in next year, Gavin Wimsatt. Uh, I believe he is from near where you are, Felix, right? He's a Kentucky kid,
1: I think. No, I didn't. Is he? I didn't know that. I think he is. yes.
2: Felix Chris knows yes. like one 2022 20, prospect, and that right. was Quinn Ewers, and he's not even in 2022 <laughs> class. <anymore. laughs> got,
0: got to rewipe the slate clean there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Wimsey. He. He's Felix says yes. He, and, he or, and Chris says yes. And he was supposed to go to Kentucky, and he flipped to uh, uh, to Rutgers. There, he is. I don't want to say this so definitively, but probably the best rushing quarterback in next year's class. And he shows enough promise as a passer to make me think that he could be really oh. good in college. Um, so, I, and and they've got a four star running back out near the Philly area going there. Um, mm-hmm. they, they've got a bunch of four star kids going there across the board. I will say that they're returning all of their offensive line from last year. Stability is good for a crappy team, so good on them. But that that's about all I have positive to say about that team.
1: And that brings us to the maze in blue. Um, Michigan has to modernize their offense and that is going to be up to Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator who came in from uh, Alabama. They've got some returning starters with, with impact starters with Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum. I think I would call them impact returners. Um, Ronnie Bell and Cornelius Johnson led the team in receiving last year, but they bring in a transfer from Deion Sanders's JSU. And that's dill Dalen Baldwin USA today predicts that he will lead the team in receiving, and quite frankly, I believe them. Um, Baldwin had 27 receptions for 500 and 540 yards last year. He's six foot three. He's thick. He's fast. And quite frankly, there's not really a receiver with this type of profile on Michigan's team. J- Cornelius Johnson has some of the size and speed, but I think Baldwin uh, appears to be more of a complete player. Talking about transfers, they lost more than they gained this season. They lose Xavier Worthy, who's apparently – and I don't even know if I would consider him a transfer, but he was committed to Michigan, never came to camp, never came to campus. Uh, He's tearing up camp at Texas. Joe Milton is one of two leading candidates to start at quarterback for Tennessee, and Zach Charbonnet is now uh, back in California at UCLA. But they do bring in, in addition to Baldwin, they bring, excuse, yes, in addition to Baldwin, they also bring in Alan Bowman, Bowman for Texas Tech. I mean, I think that if you are a Michigan fan, you want to see J.J. McCarthy, uh, the freshman, the five star freshman quarterback, start here. I don't know that that's going to be the case. It's probably going to be Cade McNamara, at least to start. And he's going to have um, uh, Bell and Johnson and Baldwin to throw to. Uh, that backfield is going to be Blake Quorum, who's a little bit more of a scat scat back. Hassan Haskins who's more of a two down back, but then Donovan Edwards out of West Bloomfield High School. That's got to be the only reason he chose to go to Michigan because he's nearby. Donovan Edwards is comped by 24 seven sports to Alvin Kamara. And if you watch his tape, you see Donovan Edwards, you know, just kind of a slasher in the running back. And then he can line up out wide uh, and play wide receiver too. So, um, the Devi community is very high on Edwards, and I am too. It's just hard to be excited about any skill position players that are going to Michigan. Michigan's single-season record for, for passing yards is 3,331 set by John Navar back in like 2005, 2006, somewhere in there. Trevor Lawrence had th- uh, 3,153 in 10 games last year. In ten games. So this is a, a team that hasn't had a modern offense forever, since uh since Devin Gardner and uh and Shoelace. What was Shoelace's real name? I can't remember. Denard Robinson. Denard Robinson. It's
2: sad that, that playing, I know that. Playing,
1: playing 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 quarterback. Um this is a team that hasn't had speed and hasn't been able to throw the ball vertically. And we we're gonna see whether or not Um, They can do that this year. Cade McNamara is probably going to start. Can Jim Harbaugh get through the entire season? I don't know. But as far as C2C and Debbie, I mean, I think that you want to have, obviously, McCarthy rostered. You want to have Donovan Edwards rostered. I'm not sure that Ronnie Bell or Cornelius Johnson are their third-year players, and I'm just not sure that they're NFL guys. Blake Quorum is someone that people like. He was relatively productive last year, and he has a pass-catching skill set. So those are the guys that I'm probably rostering. And then, quite frankly, Dalen Baldwin. Dalen Baldwin, as a sleeper, I would would take a look at him uh, pretty late. And that brings us to... Ohio State Buckeyes. Go ahead,
2: Matt.
0: Well, here's where the episode All doubles right. in length. I know what I'm saying the Ohio, State, Ohio State,
2: State University. We are only 30 minutes into the. He podcast. He just stretched his fingers an
1: and everything, and just we are, oh we're making goodness. this an hour. We,
2: we 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 you know knocked out the Mountain West in like 36 minutes last week, so I wanted to make sure we uh, extended this episode a little bit longer. Now, I will keep most of this brief, as I feel like we do a lot of Ohio State talking on this podcast. And, it's, it's thrown in my face quite often that apparently that's the only players I care about and everything else. So I will keep this short. Uh, impact returners. Chris Olave, 6'1", 88 senior. Route, he, We know he's a good route runner. He's quick in and out of his break, breaks. I think he's one of the best ball trackers in this class. Obviously, him being back this year has hurt some of these other guys. I, I don't think he's going to have quite that Devonta Smith-like season. Uh, that maybe he thought he was gonna get to increase his draft capital. Probably should have gone to the draft last year. You got Garrett Wilson, I think the best wide receiver in this room currently, six foot one ninety-three, uh wide receiver four off the board in the C2C drafts, has everything hands, separation, body control, only thing he lacks is elite speed. I think he's gonna be the top receiver for the Buckeyes this year, regardless of who their quarterback is. I just think he's the best weapon to pass the ball to. Then you got JSN, who I think is going to be the second best. I think he outproduces Olave this year. Six foot 196. He does it all. And I think he'll be in the slot. They'll move him around uh, as well into the X and Y. They're going to move him all over the field. I think he's going to end up having a really good year this year. Last but not least uh, for the wide receivers, Julian Fleming, six 200 pounds, speed explosive. Explosiveness, uh, the biggest thing, obviously, everything we've talked about, depth chart. Does he even get a chance to play this year? Uh, I do think that from everything I've heard, he's actually been really good in this second part of camp. He's looked better in the summer. He's recovered from that shoulder injury that he suffered before the spring game, and we didn't see him play in. Realistic shot that he does see a lot of second-team reps now with Mecca and Harrison. So if he's able to even break out a little bit, obviously, that helps his case some moving into next year. But I do, as we talked about, I think a couple weeks ago, maybe on the Ohio State, Quinn Ewers pod or something. We talked a little bit about Fleming. Uh, I think this is a big year for him. He's got to come out and do something or it's not, uh, not going to be good. Jeremy Rucker. I will also throw this out here since, you know, apparently I'm just like the biggest fan in the world of Jeremy Rucker All of a sudden, just because he plays at Ohio state 6'5, 253. I do think he's got good size uh, for uh sorry, good speed for his size. Good hands obviously has really great highlight catches. But he's not used really at all at Ohio State, so I don't know what that's going to mean for him going into the NFL. He's not much of a blocker. I think he's overall a just an, an offensive tight end. And and I, while the NFL is moving more toward that, I don't know if he gets the draft capital of like a – he's not going to get like a Kyle Pitts, so I, I don't – he's not going first round, probably not even going second round. So I, I don't like him, but I don't know that he's ever going to be much in the NFL C.J. Stroud, 6'3", 205, decent size, athleticism. ball just effortlessly flies out of his hand. He's obviously the projected starter right now. He's been getting uh, 60% of the reps right now with everything uh, in camp. If he ends up going out and starting the season, I mean, he's – I don't see him having a bad game. I really don't. He's a very good quarterback. All the joking aside about how much I love Kyle McCord as a player and, as I'll be honest, as a person – If C.J. Stroud gets the job, I don't see him having that game where he loses it. So I don't don't see him getting replaced outside of injury, even with Quinn coming in, who we'll talk about in a minute. I I don't think Stroud loses the job. So that's just going to mean what does that mean for Stroud next year. But this year, if he he does end up winning the job, he's going to be a top quarterback in C2C Devi Leagues, and and he's going to return his value wherever you get him. Last returning um, impact returner – well, he's probably not impact returner, but – He's a returner, G. Scott Jr. Six three two twenty five. Uh, you know, Felix mentioned earlier he's very well known for his route running, body control, hands. Fuck both of you guys. I got to talk about him. <laughs> I think he's going to be the next Jeremy Rucker, uh, but we probably don't see much of him this year. I do think that he's he's what? the tight end three. What he's going to be an offensive weapon. That's what he's going to. The be. next day,
0: the next the next day three tight end.
2: Well, That's day three tight ends. Day, day three tight ends matter <laughs> though. That matters. Okay. And I mean in this offense. I didn't talk about his draft capital yet. I need to see what he does before I, I, I comment on his draft capital. I mean is he's going to be an offensive weapon for them. Uh, But I don't know how much that's going to matter because, again, as I mentioned earlier, tight ends are not used that great in the Ohio State offense, never have been, and I don't think that's going to change. Obviously, I'm still very big on him. Impact freshman, Trevion Henderson, 5'11", 195. He's got it all. Uh, The biggest thing for him is can he be a part of this offense this year? I completely skipped over the running backs, as I just realized. So, Master Teague, 5'11", 225. He's got the power. I think he's going to be the starter. I know Felix is all over my Williams. The meatball, 5'8", 227. You know, everybody is judging him on his whopping 10 attempts last year where he ran for a whopping 64 yards. Good for Mayan Williams. He's just not that good. I know he looks great on his 10 runs, but everybody kind of overlooks what Master Teague did his freshman season behind J.K. Dobbins. He injured his Achilles last year. I do think that they're allowing him to kind of slowly work his way back in. That's why Mayan Williams is getting the first team run right now. When the season starts, Master Teague is going to be the starter. I think it's going to be a, a mixing of him, mine, Williams. And then when, when Trevion Henderson takes over, uh, I think it's going to be more toward the middle of the season, possibly around November. He ends up getting that job and going with it. Mecca 6'1", 190, speed, hands, ball tracking, burst at the line. I think he's going to be on that second team. Will they play him at X? Will they move him into the slot? I don't know that a lot of that's going to depend on Marvin Harrison Jr., who is 6'3, 190. Great route running and hands. Uh he's guy that I, he's the guy that obviously everybody's been talking about since spring, has really just kind of come on the scene and looked really good for the Buckeyes. Kyle McCord, 6'3 overall, the best quarterback on the roster currently because Quinn Ewers is not there. He has above average arm strength and throw-off platform, different arm slots. Uh, the biggest thing, obviously, is if he doesn't win the job, when will he be there? I don't. I, that I don't know. That's going to be the the big question. If he wins the job, I think he stays. But outside of that, I uh, I, I don't know where he's going to go. But wherever he goes, I think he'll be the starter. And then last but not least, Quint Ewers have to mention him because he's likely going to be there within the next week or so. Six three two zero six. Not really much else to say on him. I mean, he can do it all. He's got a beautiful set of hair. He's he's going to be the future of Ohio State. So,
0: all right. Thank, thank you. Kyle, Kyle
2: McCord does, did drive me to, to work one time, Austin. So thank <laughs> you for doing that. I didn't want to put that out there. You're, you
0: know, you're like, a Mecca Buka thing. You were like, throwing, he's got good throwing. hands. He's big. He's fast. You're just
2: like, naming, well, like
0: everything positive. I mean,
2: well, that's the thing. Like, well, I mean, what's what's negative to say about him? He's going to be on the second team, but I mean, he's still going to get. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I didn't want to go too in depth on all these guys. We talk about them a lot, I feel like. So trying to uh, minimize it. Like, I only like, took obviously. nine minutes. Nine obviously
0: obviously nobody else can see behind the scenes we have a chat here we are just roasting the shit out of matt as he's going and through just, all of this just just put right my now. business
2: out in these streets i see how it is I, that's, that's cool. i'm
0: texting felix i'm texting chris i'm messaging in this chat like <laughs> I, I, okay so matt i do have a question yes. for you and this is like a you talked about jeremy ruckert and kind of the range that you feel that he can go in
2: yes
0: what do you think he as a prospect better or worse than like hunter long who was a I, third round guy this year and went to the dolphins.
2: So that, that obviously for me depends on what kind of NFL team is drafting him. I think he's a better offensive weapon than Hunter long, but over, or overall tight end. No Hunter long is a better blocker. That's why I, I, I saw the thing we talked, obviously in our, our private chat, the, the, the tweet that was posted out there and someone actually commented on that thread that he's a great blocker. He's not. And I've never said that he was, he is a great, he is very good in the offensive side of the game. So if a, if a team is looking for that, then yes, I think he can be better than Hunter Long, but he's not that great of a blocker. So it all, in all honesty, depends on what team drafts him. I think he can go third round. I don't think the tight end class is great next year. Is Weidermeyer, that's it? Really? I mean, the, the- I, like, I
0: like Turner. I like um, Otten. But I don't, well, they're not better I mean, than they're I mean, not Turner, better than third round guys, you know. I don't
2: Turner is even smaller than Rucker. No, no, he's bigger than Rucker. He's what 6'6", right? 6'6" 240. He's 6'6" 240. 240.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The saving grace for Jeremy Rucker could be if he goes to the NFL combine and Absolutely lights it up. He's already lit up a, a combine previously coming in the class of 2018. He had the highest spark rating at 114.27 14.27, uh, in the tight end class had one of the lowest 40. Actually he had the best 40 time at four, seven, six at tight end. So you're talking about a guy who wasn't productive, but could produce, uh, could, but could light up the combine. The comp for him could be Mike Gasecki If he is in fact that, that athletic, that could be the thing for him. Um, uh, Austin, let's close it out with the Michigan State Spartans. Oh, man,
0: I feel the same way about them as I felt about Rutgers. I guess there's a little more interesting things here to talk about. So Michigan State last year kind of split their quarterback game between two different guys, Rocky Lombardi and Peyton Thorne. Lombardi um, was bad, and he transferred to, I believe, Northern Illinois. Uh, Peyton Thorne is also bad, but he stayed around, so he has a chance at starting this year. Um, He'll compete – uh, for that job with Anthony Russo, who's coming over from Temple, I also don't think Anthony Russo is very good. But hey, someone's got to start. So whatever. Um, I, I I I'd be lying if I said I've watched either of those guys in depth. But I've I've watched their games in the past, and I, I underwhelming is probably an underwhelming word <laughs> to describe the two of them. Um, they're just not very good. They do have a, a little bit of talent there at receiver. They have Jaden uh, Reed who had a big year, his true freshman year at one of the directional Michigan schools,
1: Western, Western Michigan university, okay. Kalamazoo stand up.
0: That's what I thought. Um, I don't want to get anything Michigan wrong. Cause Felix will, will drive to Pittsburgh and be outside my door in the morning. So nobody wants that. Um, he's there. He's he, that passing offense just doesn't, is not prolific enough to support a bunch of these guys. You know, last year They played seven games. He was their leading receiver, 33 for 407 and three. It's just not a very good passing offense. Um, They do have – so Ricky White had 10, 223, and one last year. And I think all of that or close to all of that was that one game. And I know in a bunch of C2C leagues, I've been burned in the past where I don't react quick enough to stuff like that. So as soon as I saw that, I spent – a ton of fob on him that week. And then now he's sucked and I'm considering dropping him. So that was a, a, a lesson there for me. Um, but he's there and, and he's a pretty talented kid. And I could see him doing a few things. They have a couple running backs there that are okay. They had Elijah Collins who people were fairly high on last year. Um, but he did he, last year. He really disappointed. I think he was a little banged up, but he, he ran at 41 times for 90 yards. So two yards to carry, no touchdowns. They do bring in Kenneth Walker, the third, who was one of the running backs at wake forest last year. Uh, And he, he's had a pretty good year. He averaged five yards to carry uh, 13 touchdowns. He can catch the ball a little bit. I, I think that he probably is the starter there this year, but I'm not that familiar with that coaching staff to know exactly how they like to split touches at the position. Um, So I I wouldn't feel comfortable, you know, projecting anybody for a, a large workload there. The bottom line is, I just don't know. Michigan State is very much like I talked about with Maryland, a mystery team. But I don't like the pieces as much. I think they'll probably be more consistent. Like I don't think their highs will be as high as Maryland's, and I'm not sure their lows will be as low either. But like their 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 median is not very strong.
1: I want to highlight just
0: a bunch of people that are there to get beat up by Ohio State.
1: Michigan I want to highlight. Included, sorry, I want to highlight Jaden Reed here because because of the the awesome freshman year that he had at Western Michigan University. But he is a player that is very difficult to get a hold of. Uh, he he always makes the first man miss, and that is a, a skill that could be translatable to the to the NFL. And if he's on a better offense you could see him be very productive but he is a player that absolutely you know is a yards after catch wide receiver he's someone who's undervalued because of the offense that he plays there in east lansing but i I don't i think that Jaden reed is a really good player and if you look at jarek's magic line i mean he's above the line on um uh, uh for his first year below the line for his third year but he could turn that around and have a good uh fourth year here um, the critical questions in this division, let's start with this. Does Jim Harbaugh make it through the 2021 season? Either one of you can take that.
2: Yes, he does.
0: Yeah, he, he would have to lose like his first four games, in my opinion. I, I think there's a zero chance he's gone.
1: Well, if he has two losses and then lose to and loses to Ohio State, I think there's yes. a chance that he doesn't coach the bowl the bowl game. That he doesn't he win, win, that he, he doesn't loses. coach
0: the bowl game. The, the that thing is, he doesn't coach the bowl game and doesn't make it through the season. Go ahead. Ohio State is so good that that almost gives him an excuse for losing to them. Exactly. Like they, which is why they, I
2: can't be a homer. By the way, they're a good team. Well, it's not like I'm pumping up are. Michigan State over here.
0: Like if Ohio State was consistently going ten and three. And Michigan was still losing to them every year. Then I think you have more of a complaint than when they're just destroying the entire division, the entire conference every single year, and then either make to the championship like, or, or win the whole thing. Like I, I think it's very hard to be upset about losing those games, even though I know it's a rival because
1: they're just so good. I I don't know. I'm going to say no. I don't think that he makes it to the bowl game. I think that he will be uh, fired before then, and they'll have an interim head coach co- coach the 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 bowl game. And then we got to see if it's Matt Campbell, if it's Joe Brady, if it's uh, Luke Fickle. I think that those are all names to pay attention to.
2: Fickle's never going to Michigan. Job. Fickle's never going to Michigan.
0: Who who would be your dream realistic Joe hire? Brady?
1: Joe Brady. Joe Brady. Brady. Yeah, Joe Brady. I who's Absolutely. Brady. I mean, I've said this for it's just Joe Brady. He said um, that when we had
2: Alan True on.
1: I did. And Alan said that that was a good a good choice. And he picked some like some dude from Tampa Bay, some assistant from Tampa Bay that no one's ever heard of who has a Michigan connection. But all right. Who starts a game first? Kyle McCord or JJ McCarthy, Matt Bruning?
2: Uh, I'm sticking with it, Kyle McCord. I can't back down now. <laughs> I'm too I'm too far over that line. I just I can't go backwards now. Kyle McCord. He starts week one.
1: Very confident, very confident, uh, Austin, thank you, thank you. In, in that in that in that choice. Are you as confident as as burning?
0: I love when people box themselves into a corner like that with a particular take so much. We actually had somebody on the C two C come recently, out swinging, and we've had a lot of guests on, so I can tell the story without naming any any names. But someone came on the show and behind the scenes was saying they have a guy that they are so it's like their name is synonymous with them, and they don't even like them that much, but they feel like now they're stuck with that name because they hyped them a lot early. So kudos to you, Matt, for, for sticking with your guns. Uh, look, I'll
2: tell you, I'll tell you the same thing. I told Felix recently when it happens, the treasure trove of videos and audio I have saved. It's going to be magical. It's going to be a whole episode just dedicated to that right there.
1: (laughs) Well, we'll have to get Derek McCord on, um, if, and when that happens, um, uh, uh, so
0: let's to answer though, Kyle is the significantly better player. JJ McCarthy is not going to amount to anything. That one weird dude that always messages me about JJ McCarthy is going to hit me up <laughs> after this show, but it's fine. Uh, McCarthy starts me. first, but McCord is just a way better player. So McCord, like, but if McCord he, will transfer out of there and like lead, you know, USC, or some
2: school, I don't know. If Oregon he transfers, he's going to come back and beat Ohio State in the playoffs. I'm saying it right now. I that's hope it's so. going to happen. I, I lsu
1: do lsu would be a good spot for uh for kyle mccord florida um, yeah so many schools rakeem Jarrett had a good game against penn state that's where he got a lot of his yardage yardage he scored um on the exact same play austin are we overrating rakeem jared's 2020 season
0: no because i don't think that his rating is like his current status is based on like he flashed in that game. I don't think anybody's saying that his 2020 season was amazing. I think they're just saying he looked so good in that game. That's the glimpse. And he missed some time with like an injury. And I think he had to sit out for contact tracing or something once at one point, like he, he missed some time, but I think, uh, we're not saying that his season was good. He just flashed enough in that game to make me feel really good about projecting him forward. And that can burn. you. Yeah. Like, I mean, we talk about Keaton Slovis was great as a freshman, but we projected
1: and now he sucks. So, but. Austin um, is Ohio State coming out of the Big Ten East, or I mean, if it's not Ohio State, I gotta imagine it's either Indiana or Maryland. Could it be one of those two teams?
0: No, there's virtually zero shot. I actually, I think Indiana is going to be worse than you think they are this year. I agree. Not not garbage. I just think I, I think last year was like the year, and when Penix got hurt and like yeah, it just kind of fell off the rails. It's hard to put together two seasons like that with a moderately limited roster, like, they don't have depth.
1: I, I just don't think they can push.
2: Agreed. 100%. All right.
1: Let's bring Chris Moxley in here. This was There was a lot of uh, stuff going on today. Chris Moxley, how did we do tonight?
3: Some of y'all did excellent. Some of y'all did so-so. So uh, let me give a shout-out to Jamar Chase at the start and say – he had a 72nd percentile success rate against man and 76 percentile, 76 per, per, percentile success rate against press. He's a good separator. That ignore anything they're saying. Um, success the, and separation
0: they, are two different things, just for the record. So we need a we a need separate. a reality for the reality. Where's our second reality? Bring him in.
1: Do not cut, cut off, off Mister Reality. Let him talk. This Let's is start. his segment. Mute yourself.
3: So I gotta. I so the two of three two of y'all were were good, really good tonight actually um i have a couple of corrections for matt i'm going to be honest with you you um you you, you kind of dropped the ball a little bit first was you said michael Penix didn't score last year against penn state not only did he have a 9-yard pass to Walt Fillier, he also had a rushing touchdown so he had I'm talking scores. about the rushing touchdown that it wasn't a rushing touchdown sorry go ahead continue let him talk I, I, it's a rushing touchdown um we, I, I also searched the search for a long time. I actually spent like 30 minutes of the show trying to find anything about the push off that, uh, Johan Dawson had not registered anywhere. So I'm not really sure what that, what that, what that was about. Um, and for a separate section of Ohio state corrections, uh, you said Jeremy Rucker is not Kyle Pitts. I don't think anyone's confusing them for a big reason. And then a whole bunch of little reasons, uh, G. Scott is apparently the next Jeremy Rucker. Just going to throw that out there. I'm not really sure what to do with that one. Uh, He said Travion Henderson was 195. He's up to 215 now. Come on, stay in the game, Matt. And Quinn Joe Dirt Ewers, the mullet's not beautiful, first of all. And second, he said he's 206. Actually, a report from 11 days ago said he's 202. And I'll give one final shout out to Felix for bringing up Jaden Reed and not saying Kalamazoo stand up.
1: I did say Kalamazoo stand up.
3: Yeah, I did say he, a,
1: he did. I did. I did. I did say it. The, the reality. The reality does need a reality. Hey, that is going to be our show for tonight. Check out all of the content around campus, to, the Campus to Canton family, including um, uh, all of the conference previews that we're doing. We've got Kevin Coleman has joined campusdecanton.com. He's got an article up. So go make sure you go to the website. And, of course, check out the Campus to Canton podcast channel. But our apologies to Kirk Street, We ran out of time. But we're going to get him rescheduled soon. For Matt Bruning and Austin Nace, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck.
3: intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25 and Apple will go to the ground at the 32 and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks
2: long, throws, end zone, touchdown touchdown. Touchdown, Alabama! Devontae Smith touchdown Alabama! And the Crimson Tide
1: has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. Watson takes a snap, rolls wide, looks to the end zone, Hunter and caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second
3: national championship in school history.
1: Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger! and he's up to the races. Nobody will catch him.